1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
2: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Perhaps the best games in college football this weekend are not far apart. It's Dallas and College Station, Texas OU, and also a and and Alabama. And then Taylor McCarg has a game, Florida Atlantic and Tulsa down in Boca Raton. He joins us now on 365 Sports. We just have talked a lot about the games I just mentioned. We will get to that as well. Taylor, what's it been like for Tom Herman at Florida Atlantic?
0: Well, Casey Thompson, their quarterback, tours ACL mm-hmm. against Clemson. And actually, Richardson, the backup is in for them now. Uh, he was the quarterback at Central Michigan when they went to Oklahoma State and and gave them fifth. So they've got a capable backup. But, you know, we talked on our show All-American this week about Tom Herman's recruited well everywhere he's been. Now, Texas, it didn't work out, obviously, towards the end. But at the group of five level, certainly, and, and when he was an assistant, he has proven time and again that he can accumulate talent. And I think he'll do that at FAU. Uh, I, I don't know where they end up shaking out towards the end of this season. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to be in a position to win this conference. They should get back to probably a bowl game this year. If they don't, you know, maybe they're it's just shy of it at a five-win team, but that'll just be for this year. I think that should be a team out of the American that you, you should expect to be competitive towards the you know, top third of that conference pretty soon.
1: Taylor, what are your thoughts on on Red River this week?
0: So I had Oklahoma a few weeks ago against SMU and Oklahoma, a lot has been made this week on, you know, the video game numbers that Dylan Gabriel's put up and the, just the stats that they have compiled on the offensive side of the ball. But to me, that it, it really doesn't matter because the, it, all of it with the exception of SMU was against teams that just flat out are not very good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so, you know, dismantling Arkansas state and Tulsa, and an Iowa State team that I think you've already seen at this point in the year, I'm not sure what they have to play for. To me, we have not seen enough from Oklahoma to not be concerned about, it was 14 to 11 going into the fourth quarter against SMU at home. Um, And that's a team that TCU looked far better against SMU than Oklahoma did. So I don't know, to me, we've seen a lot more from Texas earlier this year, especially with wins at uh, Alabama and then home last week. I know Jalen Daniels didn't play uh, for Kansas, but, man, I think the resume at this point is certainly more impressive for Texas. Now, that being said, Texas has not had to face a, a what you would call a dynamic or elite passer. Dylan Gabriel will by far be the best quarterback they've played to this point in the season. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do think Texas is the better team. I think they've got more talent top down. I said this week in Austin, if this was a clean game, no turnovers, I think Texas wins this game. For Oklahoma to win, I think they've got to capitalize on short fields, create takeaways, do the, do the little things well, because uh, I do think Texas has a deeper roster.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's where I was coming from, too, of just like black and white, plain and simple. I think Texas is better, but it's Red River, right, Taylor? And, and those types of games, you just, you just never know once they, they get
0: the ball rolling out there. That's true, and we've seen in the past uh, this game – where one team's favored by multiple scores, it almost always ends up being a one-score game. I mean, last year was such an outlier first year uh, for that new staff at Oklahoma, and, and Texas took it, too. I mean, a lot has been made of that game. It's certainly not going to be that way this year, but I expect it to be close. I do think Texas wins this game. Um, and, and, again, I think it comes down to depth really on both sides. I thought there was an interesting question asked this week. Is there a starter at one of the skill positions on either side, secondary or wide receivers running backs for Oklahoma that would start over somebody at Texas? And I think that answer is no, um, which is pretty telling of just the depth and the talent that Texas has accumulated right now. And they're a year ahead of where Oklahoma is going to be. I think this game looks you know, even more different next year.
1: So let's stick in the uh, state of Texas, and there's other great games around the country like uh, Kentucky and Georgia, for example, but uh, A&M and Alabama, I mean, it's there's a, there's a big double dip here in the Lone Star State, OU Texas and A&M Alabama down in College Station. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, Alabama, it's obviously been a little up and down, but mostly up in the long run, and, and A&M dealing with that quarterback change. What are your thoughts on Max Johnson and, and the Aggies and how they uh, perform on Saturday?
0: Look, I think this is a uh, this is an even match. Max Johnson. Uh, if you think about a backup situation, I think A&M a And M had about as good as you could hope for in college football. He had played significant snaps in the SEC, had proven that he was a capable backup, and I think you know it, there's a reason that Alabama is just a one point favorite on the road at a And M. Kyle Field's a hard place to play. It doesn't matter if it's an afternoon game like this or uh, clearly at night when they when a And M won a couple of years ago. Um, I think. Similar to what we just talked about with Oklahoma, for Alabama to win – or excuse me, for A&M to beat Alabama, they're going to have to create some takeaways. They're going to have to create short fields. What Alabama is going to want to do, clearly, run the football, create that quarterback run game where a lot of their explosive plays come from that and then play action off of that. If A&M can limit explosive plays, create a takeaway or two, that's where – it's very similar to what we saw two years ago and how A&M sort of instilled some chaos in that game and ended up winning. And I think the recipe is very similar this year. But for for Aggies, I think we talked about this two weeks ago, losing your quarterback and having Max Johnson come in, this was not a, our season is over. The SEC West, if we look around, is very much open. I don't think there's a clear best team at all in the SEC West right now.
1: Yeah, Taylor, I've been saying if if A&M, you know, wants to finally get through, like, here's the time, like, Step it up. Like, all this talent Jimbo's been bringing in, this is maybe the time where you can knock everybody else off and do what you've been trying to do for so long.
0: I think you're exactly right. And, and again, to go back to the SEC West, I mean, for A&M fans, look around. You already had the win over Arkansas, but look around at what is happening in the West. LSU, not nearly what we thought they were going to be coming into the year. Ole Miss can't play defense. Uh, they play some defense, but they don't play great defense. Uh, Alabama, to me, I mean, this is the test. If they beat Alabama, all of a sudden you have a, there is a world and a path to where A&M should begin to get their hopes back up, even with Max Johnson at quarterback.
2: Taylor McCarg uh, with us on 365 Sports. How about what you've seen from LSU that had that momentum, that, that game, monumental game early with Florida State, and then just got overwhelmed in the second half? they you could always count on them to play good defense, and they're not playing much defense at all.
0: They're not, and isn't it interesting that Brian Kelly talks about leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU because they wanted it was you know, it meant more and recruited a higher level, and, and right now Notre Dame's recruiting at a higher level and look like, it looks like they're the better team. Um, uh, obviously, we, we would for sure be saying that if they had closed out the win against Ohio State, but even still, I think it's been disappointing and with Brian Kelly and what they put on the field, you talked about the second half collapse against Florida state. I think it's disappointing their defensive effort against Ole Miss. And clearly the offensive side of the ball, they're going to score on everybody, but I don't think any of us thought that they would have two losses to this point in the season before we even get to the halfway mark.
2: Taylor McCark, ESPN Garrett, you want to Garrett's a big LSU fan. It's been tough. Taylor. He's shaking his head. Yeah.
0: Hey, I get it. I, I th- Again, th- this was a team that I very much thought had a chance to be a playoff team coming into the year, and they had a, an opportunity against Florida State that they win that game. They're in the driver's seat, and all of a sudden now, you know, they're they're really going to be fighting just to stay in the top, you know, third of the SEC. I mean, they're one or two losses away from – now you're talking about this is a middle-of-the-pack LSU team and how far is that from our expectations for this team coming into the season? But this happens every year. There's always a team that we talk about, hey, this is a potential final four team. And then you look up at the end of the year and they're either barely ranked or, or they're not ranked at all.
1: Taylor Baylor and Tech uh, this week. Uh, I was at the uh, the ridiculous comeback uh, last week in Orlando uh, that that Baylor had. Tech is two and three. They're both two and three. The seasons have not gone as they planned. Joey McGuire one and seven on the road. But I mean, is Baylor's comeback a moment in time, or is it something to be you know rally them for the rest of the season?
0: It should be something that rallies them. I mean, that was completely improbable I, I i thought that central florida would close out that game up until they botched the they had the fumble that was returned back the other way with like six minutes left in the game then it was like all right i think they're probably losing this game this has just turned into a complete collapse and that's the type of win that you need early in the season for a team that's trying to right the ship and they, they very much got that i think texas tech on the other side that's another team that's a little bit disappointing not that you know in the same way that with LSU where we're talking about final four expectations for them. That's obviously not the case for tech, but I do think this was the team that there was a dark horse. You know, is this going to be maybe a team that sneaks into the big 12 championship? Is this a a nine or 10 win potential team? Now it's, is this a team that can get to 500 and get to the postseason? Uh, Shuck being hurt, obviously a a major blow. That poor guy has been hurt. It feels like every year of his career, but no, I, I absolutely think this is a game that, Baylor should have a ton of confidence coming in. And how good would it feel for for Baylor to get this win, get back to 500, now you get to the halfway mark. And I think expectations were higher than, you know, 500 at the halfway mark, but gosh, two weeks ago, if you said, hey, you're going to get into your sixth game and get back to three and three, I think every Baylor fan would take that, obviously.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, By the way, everyone's been wondering, when is Cam Rising going to play? And Winningham has kind of alluded to it that maybe – he did an interview, I guess, yesterday in Utah with Bill Riley of ESPN 700 that said he didn't just hurt his knee. He didn't just tear his ACL. He tore his meniscus, MPFL, ACL, and it was a surgery very similar to Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, Hendon Hooker last year with Tennessee, and it has been a excruciating comeback for him. That's the first time he's opened up about it. Now that you know that, Taylor, it is no surprise he's not playing right now.
0: No doubt. And I think you have to wonder, is there a world where he doesn't play at all this season? Does he either just take the full year, try and get the medical, and come back, move on, go to the next level? Uh, If it's that bad, at what point does Utah say, with the success that they're having to this point in the season, if this gets into November, is it even worth it? Or do you just ask him, "Hey, we're just going to have you medical redshirt and let's let's focus on 2024, whether that's with Utah or whether that's moving on personally." But no, that's the difference in the college and the NFL game. These schools do not have to disclose the severity of these injuries, and that's why we see it week in and week out on these games where we get, uh, you know, you have to be careful on how you phrase it, but sometimes we're told you know information leading into a game and i remember the fox broadcast last year where rising didn't play and, and they weren't on site and they weren't aware of it they had a whole graphics package rolling into the game and then cam rising doesn't come out to play you have to be very careful in college of of over speculating and uh, not talking about specific injuries because in college they can just call it a lower body injury and leave it at that and it, it, the, the information is few and far between and there's some coaches that are better about it and others like at utah where they don't it, it, it's Very tight lipped, and you get very little out of them.
2: Enjoy the broadcast, Tulsa, Florida Atlantic. Thank you, Taylor. We appreciate your time every every Thursday at this time.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network production.